when Mass began, I kind of found myself standing there looking out at you all. I just kind of felt, this really is kind of amazing. Like God has worked a miracle here. I don't know whether you kind of feel that as well. Because I kind of look around at you all, like there are some beautiful families here. The fact that your kids talk to you most of the time. Um, You know, the fact that, you know, you actually want to be here. It's easy to forget how astounding this actually is in our modern world. You know, that this really is quite exceptional. I think if, if the average person was to walk in here and spend time amongst you and amongst your families, they would probably be filled with envy. And they'd be like, what did you do right? Now, you probably don't see that. You probably think we were arguing together in the car on the way here and, you know, I'm going to be sending my kids to the naughty corner when we get home and all this sort of stuff. But it is actually quite an amazing miracle that God has done in our midst. And I think we need to ask the question of how did that even happen? You know, we often talk about that question of what is the meaning of life? But I think we can actually start to discover it by saying, well, how did this happen? You know, how did this turn out so well? Or how is it turning out so well? Like, like it's a process. We're, we're in the process of becoming even better. What, what, what was different here? I think what it kind of comes down to is the difference in how we would answer the question of what's the meaning of life. I think the dominant answer in our society is that the meaning of life is to be happy. And that sounds pretty good, but it doesn't take long to realise that what we really mean by that is the meaning of life is it's all about me. I think that's the subtext to what we're saying. Like, it's my happiness. That's what I really mean. Whereas if you look at what we are living in, we're living in this different world where we're saying the meaning of life is other people's happiness. It's, it's love. There's actually a purpose. There's something bigger than me here. And I'd, I'd kind of suggest this is why we've become a little bit different because we're actually swimming in a different ocean here. We're, we're surrounded by a different philosophy, a different idea. And, and this is actually quite central to what Jesus is talking about in the readings today. What we get here is Jesus cleansing the temple. But really where it starts is the commandments. This idea that life has a meaning and a purpose. Now we, we so often think of the commandments as this is the moral law. Don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery. But it's, it's the first commandment which I think has had the biggest influence on us. You know, to try and understand what's different about this group here today, it's because of the effect that this first commandment has had. You're not to worship other gods, you're to worship the one God. I think that's the secret. That, that's where the change has taken place. It's this grace of worship that has come through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's this grace of the Holy Spirit which has kind of turned us inside out. This is what conversion really is. Like, like we've been flipped inside out. Originally we were turned inwards. It was all about me. It was all about my happiness at the expense of everyone else. But what the Holy Spirit has done in our midst is it's actually inverted us, turned us outwards 
firstly into worship. Because I think that's, that's the first gift of the Spirit. It's a, it's a grace of praise. But from there, it's then a grace of gratitude. And, and this is where we've started to appreciate each other. It seems so small and insignificant, but this, I think, is what's created a revolution. That we've actually, our whole vision, our whole understanding of reality has been turned inside out. And the ripple effect of that has been dramatic. I mean, like I say, you look at the families here, some of the legacies down through generations because one person allowed themselves to be open to this grace of the Spirit and that then changed the whole way that they operated as a parent and then the whole life of their children and then their children's children. It's all really come from worship. And really what Jesus is doing here in the, in the Gospel I think starts to explain what he's doing in our midst. Jesus storms into the temple because he understands what the meaning of life is. It's not about us. You know, and, and the temple was meant to symbolize that. The temple was like this preaching written into stone. It was like the first commandment written into enormous rocks. If you've ever seen the temple, it's big. But the, but the temple actually proclaims this is why you exist. You exist for worship. And the people had forgotten that. The people had started to turn inwards. So even their religion was becoming about them. The religion was about making me happy and making me money and trying to get me power. You know, everything started to go back to that inverted state, you know, turning inwards. Jesus storms in with a lot of passion and he comes in to basically say, this is why you exist. You exist not for yourself, but for God alone. If you get that right, happiness will be yours. Because happiness comes when we don't go looking for it. Happiness comes when we try and give it away. You know, it's when we start giving worship, that's when we start to get what we're looking for. Yeah, so this is what Christ is doing. He's, he, I think sometimes we get a bit confused here because this sounds like angry Jesus. We're like, we much prefer gentle Jesus, meek and mild. This idea of a Christ who goes and makes a whip, you know, this is premeditated. He doesn't just find something and have a brain snap. He, he's thought about this. And I think we get a little bit disturbed by the passion that is in him when he goes and storms through the temple. But this is the same passion that he works within your soul every single day. And this is where I think we need to start to understand what is God doing in our midst? What has he done and what will he do? Because as St. Paul says, you are the temple of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have been made for worship in the same way that this building was made for worship. That's why you exist. And every day, God is going to try to bring you back to that place. Now, sometimes he's going to do it very gently, but other times he's going to storm into you with a, with a whip. And you've got to be prepared for that. Because we, we have this tendency within us, which is always trying to turn inwards. 
You know, we give it big theological names like concupiscence and things like this. But it's, it's this sinful tendency that always tries to make everything about me. The Spirit is constantly trying to do the opposite within you. The Holy Spirit is constantly at work within you trying to make it about God. Now, if you get into some of the writings of the great saints, like particularly someone like John of the Cross, he makes sense of all the suffering of the world through this context. He looks at the way that we, we suffer sickness and tragedy and injustice, things that are actually quite wrong and evil. And yet he's able to say, God is in the midst of that. God is able to use those things to turn you back to him. So when a business deal goes bad and you suddenly lose everything, the spirit is at work there reminding you that you are not God and that there is only one that you should rely upon. When you find that your health starts to fail, once again, it's this reminder of the spirit that we have one destiny. You know, it's not about this life. It's not about this world. We're only going one place and we need to prepare ourselves for that. You know, so in a sense, this, this cleansing of the temple is something which happens inside of us every single day. And I would suggest that the fact that we are here is because of what he has already done. The fact that your family is where it is at the moment is because he has already started to work this miracle. But it's a miracle which is sometimes painful. You know, it's the ways that he has cleansed you of your selfishness and that is what has then made your family beautiful. It's the ways that he's cleansed you of that inward focus and that's what's then allowed you to pour out love upon your children. So we actually need to welcome this cleansing of the temple. I think we, we, we should actually actively invite Jesus in every day and say, Lord, come and cast out the idols. Cast out the false gods. Because I have seen the fruit of what you've done already, I can believe that what you're going to do is going to be even greater. And I think that's the way we're meant to respond to his work in our life. See the fruit that he's done and then allow him to do more. So that, as particularly during this Lent, he can just keep going deeper. Revealing our selfishness, revealing our brokenness, revealing our sin. But in that hope of the resurrection, in that hope of the glory that awaits us, we can cooperate and allow him to do that work.